Welcome to 353rd, a bi-weekly podcast discussing the impact of the internet on business. This is episode 51. Today is Friday, March 8th, 2013. I am your host, Anders Brownworth. And I'm Scott Barstow, your other host. <laughs> Today's episode is sponsored by Knife the Cord, the future of content delivery, knifethecord.com. And, it, and strangely enough, uh, it will also be our topic of the day. That's right. Today's episode, in today's episode, we're going to be talking about why you out there in listener land should be doing away with your cable TV subscription. So this is, this is something that I actually did and was happy and fine with it. More, more around not actually having television and not watching television. And then I got married and it, it, I, it stopped. Yeah. <laughs> it's over. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, uh, so in, in recent news for me this week, so our, I, and we've talked about this a little bit before, but you have this situation now where you're, if you are, uh, if you have Netflix and Hulu and then cable TV on top of it, you're just paying a fortune for content. And I would argue that Hulu, at least, you it's very easy and quantifiable to see if you're getting your money's worth out of that. First of all, it's only $10 a month for Hulu Plus. And if you use it at all, you're getting your value out of it. Now, but, do, you, do you use Hulu? My wife uses Hulu Plus extensively. Really? Yeah, because they're, she follows several uh, network TV shows. Got it, yeah. And, and so we either DVR, if it was a more recent episode, we would DVR it. And then uh, if, they, if she was starting, you know, if she picked up a new show and was starting from the beginning, she would catch up on Hulu typically. Right. Okay, well, okay, so that makes sense. So, so uh, now, first of all, are there ads when, you're, when you have a Plus account? Yes, right? There are, which is aggravating. Totally. Why? It shouldn't yeah. be that way. It should yeah. not be that way. But yeah, let's agreed. talk about cable and, yeah. and the evils of cable TV. <laughs> yeah. So you have the, the, this, and this is not new, but the, you have this situation where, in my case, I pay close to $100 a month. I was, I was paying close to $100 a month for cable TV. Yeah. And it was, you know, I had the ESP, the sports package because of ESPN. And then we, you know, you just sort of, they just, uh, you know, they just drip you to death <laughs> with these various fees. You pay $4 for the cable box. You pay, you know, really? you pay, yeah, you pay all, you pay $5 a month for the sports package. You pay another $6 a month for that package. And you probably watch in each one of those packages, you watch one or two channels tops. Right. And it's, and it's really the case system wide. You have, you know, 500 channels and you watch, you probably watch 10 of them regularly and you watch 50 occasionally and that's it. Yeah. So, and it's, and it's just insane that they, that, and I know why they do it because they bundle all these lower revenue channels in with the premium ones and they make sure that, uh, that you've got, you know, they're socking it to you to, for the channels that you really want. Yeah. So I, 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 yeah, go ahead. So here's the, here's the thing. When, when they sell you $6 for this, $5 for that per month, whatever, 
those things are are just they're packaging those we'll we'll just call them bits right we'll mm-hmm. package those bits up in different ways and slice and dice to make the the total spend be as high as possible that's the way those things are designed that's right and it, and it rankles me as a tech guy knowing that a bit is a bit is a bit. It doesn't matter if it's carrying a phone call, a movie, a, uh, you know, whatever it is. But at the end of the day, some bits are more expensive than others. And it just is that way. Like if you had an ad that you wanted to run and you uh, sent those bits in the middle of a Google page, because uh, it's the search term you're really interested in, though the amount that you're paying for those bits is probably way through the roof. Versus That's right. what it might be to serve on some unknown blog somewhere. Yeah. Um, so there is a varying, there's differing value in those bits. The, the thing that really gets under your skin, it gets under my skin, is when those uh, packages are not lined up in, to anything that looks rational. Uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I in agree. The, in the case of in the case of uh, cable, we're getting to the point where you have a reasonable new option in uh, internet delivered properties, and there's there we mentioned a number. There's there's of course also Apple TV and Roku and Boxy and uh, probably myriad others. But yeah, and I think the most interesting one I would argue is Clear. What's happening in New York City? Yes, uh, with uh, broadcast TV being declared, uh, you know, being delivered over micro antennas. Yeah. So, well, they 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 it comes in via a micro antenna, right. but it gets delivered over the internet. Yeah. Um, don't be like that. Well, you have to be in New York. I mean, it's it's different. It's not. Yeah. You know, it's not a service that that you can get any everywhere. Yeah, that's right. That's so, right. So they. But anyway, go ahead. So so they they are actually that's a good point. Those guys are 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 fi- finishing the loop because initially, I mean, if you're just talking about network TV programs, if you're just talking about movies, there's solutions galore for that stuff really at this point. What there aren't solutions for is that's right. yep. ESPN, live sporting, of any live event, right? There's not really, maybe you can get some of this stuff on YouTube, but not certainly not sports. You'll get like the president's speech or whatever on YouTube, but you're not going to get uh, the you know some NFL game or whatever or MLB or whatever it is you're not going to get that. Well, here's what's interesting is even so there's a big you know the big March Madness basketball tournament is coming up. You're right, and that will be all online. You'll ah, be able okay. to watch every game online. So it's moving that way even in broadcast TV for live sporting events. I don't think we're anywhere close to it for the NFL or the like the bigger. Right. Contract things. But I mean, March Madness is a big TV deal. But yeah, for the past few years, it's been you've been able to watch every game online. Okay, so so the last the last piece of this and and the the micro the clear uh, thing is is certainly sort of uh, in this way. If you really are worried about uh, sports like like major Super Bowl, major broadcast sports, whatever. I mean, I live, I'm sitting here standing, I'm, we're, by the way, we're doing the show standing up. Both of us are. Yeah, yeah. On our road podcast. It's time to take it up a notch. It is, it is taking it up a notch. I'm staring at the, the downtown skyline of Boston right here. Yeah. Um, I'm in a major city and it has uh, quite a bit of ATSC digital, you know, HD uh, channels out there. So Technically, I can get all of those. I can probably get all those, you know, NBC, ABC, CBS, all those network shows, uh, plus 
uh, enough of the, I mean, I, I'm not, I don't watch sports. I don't care about sports, so it doesn't matter for me, but I, I realize I'm probably an anomaly there. Um, most other people would, uh, would be probably okay with what you can get over broadcast, but not happy in some, you know, particular cases like MLB or NFL or NHL or whatever it is. Um, so if there is a solution for that, I mean, it's not clear yet. Um, so MLB, I think they do a lot of stuff over the net, but it's in some app or something. You do, you That's just right. The, it is. The yeah, show, you got to pay thing for on the, the app. TV. Yeah. yeah. You know, so outside of having a bar nearby that you roll down to on the occasion that there's a, a game you're really interested in, what you really do want is a TV live or a YouTube live or whatever it is streamed because there's no reason you can't do that technically. Right. Um, you know, right now you can do it unicast like like most other IPTV content comes to you comes to you via unicast, not multi multicast. It only just gets much more efficient with multicast. Um, there were, do you remember Juiced? That I uh, do. Yeah, I think they were the Skype guys. After they did Skype, they they went and tried to do peer to peer TV. I do remember and, that. Yeah, and I I believe that whole project was pretty much. Uh, doomed from the start because of the ads and the, uh, the just the financial structure of it. It was just you couldn't you couldn't really watch it. Uh, not certainly not the way you could just sit there and watch a fifteen minute YouTube video of something rather. It's not you know you would there were there were ads every five minutes. It was just not realistic. Um, but something like that, something that it, I would call that a hybrid unicast multicast solution. Cause it's a, I mean, technically it's all unicast, but it is peer to peer, which means somebody on your block has it. You're not going back to home base to get it. You're just getting it from your neighbor right across the street. Uh, and that is much more efficient. So I, I think there's, uh, and we're nowhere near a, a saturated network at this point. So there, it's not a technical problem. It is literally only a content control problem at this point yeah um, and the the thing about it is that and you've got the other thing that i think is interesting is you've got hbo with hbo go starting to make pushes toward yeah uh, breaking the content away from the cable provider now right now with hbo go you have to have you have to still have a valid hbo subscription with your local provider yeah but i have to believe that sometime in the not too distant future that requirement's going to go away because as the number of cable subscribers drops, and I know lots of people who have already done this, but the pressure on the cable companies to deliver uh, viewers to HBO goes way up. And mm -hmm. HBO, I think at some point, starts to look elsewhere to recapture viewers that they've lost um, you know, through, this, through people leaving the, the cable TV companies. Yeah, it's a it's a contentious relationship there, but I don't think that's the only uh, the only factor there. I think there are. I mean, it's a uh, it's a you pat my back, I pat yours relationship yep. for you know because most of HBO's content is sent via is consumed via cable, and sure. frankly, that was one of the the only reasons that I. Uh, broke down and actually got cable here is because, you know, I, I, I wanted a, an HBO uh, you know, subscription for a short time. Uh, and there was no other way to do it. It wasn't an HBO Go at the time. Um, it, it's, it's a content problem. It's, a, you know, it's a, it's a sort of a, a nightmare at this point. It's pretty, it's pretty messy. But um, what I'd like to talk about is uh, 
okay, so if you're going to knife the cord, uh, you can knife the cable cord and get your cable uh, elsewhere. But what about other services and most importantly, internet and mm-hmm. possibly voice, but mostly internet? Uh, what about what about switching? Like, because why do you need to have a home connection if you can go to a wireless company and get an unlimited LTE, you know, little hockey puck type device that vends out a wireless network to everybody in your house? Do you think such a so, such a thing is viable? Can you actually live the totally mobile life where you are totally disconnected? You know what are the I options? Think for that? Yeah, I think I think that day is coming and coming fast. Mm-hmm. I think the, I think the only time you probably run into it, run into bandwidth issues with LTE, I would imagine is, you know, if I'm streaming a movie and somebody else is surfing the web, and you've got a number of people in your house on that same pipe, mm-hmm. as it were. I yeah. have to believe at some point you'll probably feel the pain of that of the speed of that connection. Whereas you know, if, like for you, you've got a FiOS connection in your house, uh, or in your in your apartment, don't you? I I do. I like to yeah. say it a lot. I'm sorry. I know you do. I just wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to give you a chance to to gloat. Appreciate it. And, uh, so we're a, we're a long ways from having maybe we're not a long ways from having that sort of speed, you know, over over wireless, but. Do you, how often do you really need that? If you think about the average day, most mm-hmm. of the day you are, are just surfing the net or doing work over the net. And I think for that, I've never run into a. I've had, you know, I, I, we've talked about this before. I've had T-Mobile 3G wireless, yeah, um, uh, hotspot for the last two or three years. And if you're in good, if you're in a good spot for T-Mobile, that thing is lightning fast. Yeah, it's certainly fast enough for me to work productively almost all day. Well, so I think it does depend on what you're doing. Now, if you're a twenty-something, you've just left your parents' house, you're uh, sort of on your own, your first job or whatever. You you don't you don't get cable at your apartment because it's eighty-nine dollars a month, and and that's just you know it's going to be too much. What you really do want though is you know, cause I'm paying for my, uh, my connection in, uh, on my phone and I'm paying for DSL. And so at, at some point I'm like, Oh, forget it. I'll just tether my laptop to my phone and I'll be done with it. So I think those guys are the ones that are actually doing that are leading the charge here. These guys. Yeah. So they, they are, I mean, you know, so, so you have a little hockey puck. I've got one as well. Uh, you know, and I've got an, I've got a, T-Mobile service that with uh, unlimited internet and uh, like there I've and I've you know uh, an iPhone with that and it, it, there's all these all these ways that I'm paying for a data connection plus FiOS you know so I, that's not normal that's that's a little you know a little overboard and I have them for different jobs um, the big this is a this is a point I made to, to a friend of mine recently. The big problem that carriers have, I think, carriers being mobile carriers, is is really latency. So what happens is, uh, for me, and, and like you were just saying, 3G is enough. 3G is great. 3G gets me what I need to do. I'm just checking into Git. I'm not watching YouTube. You know, I'm just I'm doing the occasional Git check out, check in, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really, and I'm looking up docs, you know, web pages. 3G is fine for that. 
Uh, the the thing that that is a problem there is latency. So then we got so everybody's saying I it needs to be faster, it needs to be faster. Say okay, we'll make it faster. 4G or LTE or whatever you name the technology, plop it in there. At the end of the day, 4G or LTE, it's not really it has the same problem. It has a latency problem, and latency is how long it takes from the time that you request something to the time that it first starts coming back. So right. you want low latency. Yep. So, so with with these services with three G in particular and and four G, the latency is really bad, and that's what makes it seem slow. Even though you may have a megabit or two or whatever down, it still seems a lot slower than your home connection. Why, if you have a mobile phone, do you leave the Wi Fi on so that when you get home you're using Wi Fi? Why do you do that? Yeah, well, you you do that because the home connection, although technically possibly not even faster has lower latency and therefore feels a lot faster. Mm-hmm. So I think that there there is room for a new sort of coming technology, you know, out there past LTE that its major selling point is low latency. Now, the, the thing that's been able to deliver on that is Wi-Fi. It's unlicensed spectrum. And that has to do with the fact that Wi-Fi cells are typically very small, within 100 feet. I mean, you know, you go to, you, you go to a Starbucks and that's it. You can't, yep. you walk away from the Starbucks and it's gone. It's not like a, a, a cellular carrier running a public service that uh, works for miles and miles. This is something very, very contained and very small. And hence, it's probably a better use of spectrum because one access point, one little Wi-Fi access point can work on channel seven and right down the street, another one on channel seven, same thing, can work totally independently and have no problems with interference. So technically, that's just built better. Now, licensed or not, I mean, you know, that that's a whole nother debate. But I, I think that, uh, you know, the, the last critical piece that the carriers need to do is make a very low latency service, because that is the that is the only thing standing in the way of perception, because I have all the numbers, you know, such and such a download speed or whatever to have all that. But at the end of the day, you still know that your home connection is faster. It's not that that's it's right. more reliable, which it may be. It's right. It not, is for the most part, but there are times when that's offline, just like everything else. Right. Yeah, sure. But it, it, it just feels slower. You know, so, so I will turn on Wi-Fi because I just, I need the stupid thing to, to, you know, like the predictive typing, for example, on, on, on Google searches, you know, it shows you the most popular searches for the thing that you're typing. Well, it's, it's basically not, it's a non-feature when I'm walking around. Mm-hmm. Because it's just there's the latency is too much for that service to come back by the time I just sit there and I type the whole thing out. So cutting down on the work that I do, and I realize I sound this is definitely a first world problem, and I sound like an idiot. But <laughs> um, ignoring that, it is certainly a very very different perceived speed. Even though technically by the books the download speed might be the same or even faster on on wireless. So I think they have to solve that. Um, yeah, and we um, I think we have to believe that that's coming. And I think the pace of innovation and there's you know there's uh, everybody's fighting over the new spectrum space with at, with the FCC. And I have to believe that uh, in our in the next few years we're going to see some really interesting developments in are in and around this that make. Here's what's going to be fun to watch as as it's as you're able to uh, get 
more and more content via Hulu, via Netflix, via whatever these new mediums are, it's going to be fun to watch properties like the NFL. What do they do when broadcast TV is not necessarily how everybody's getting the their broadcasts? And maybe it's they move to this, what they're already doing, which is you can look, you can have the content. You just have to pay a premium. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, you're paying for a subscription directly to the NFL. And I think right now the hook is just like with HBO, you've got to have that cable. You still have to have the cable provider. That's how e, that's how the watch it ESPN app works. Yeah, but but and all of that. So I think at some point as what makes this work is people doing what we started the show talking about. And that is getting off of cable because yeah. what the reason that the these content providers are beholden to cable is because that's where the eyeballs are right now. Well, that's where the contracts are too. Right. But the contracts are there because they have the subscribers. That's right. That's right. So as the subscribers go away and these contracts come up for renewal, so let's say the NFL has a 10 year contract starting in, you know, 2005 or something like that. Yeah. Well, that contract is worth a lot less in 2015, that contract with time Warner cable or, Comcast or whoever, yeah. that's worth a lot less because yeah. they know they can deliver content directly to somebody's you know, iPhone who's sitting in the airport just sure. as easily as they can deliver it to the TV that's in the bar that's in the airport. Yeah, and or I re- somebody's paying Dish or whoever it is. Yeah, I remember we talked about this with the Olympics back uh, this past summer. That's uh, right. I, I was lamenting the fact that I couldn't watch the Olympic opening ceremonies in the in the airport. Mm-hmm. Um, the contracts are there because the eyeballs are there because you know that's the way it it, it always has been. I suppose At, on a gut level, very viscerally, it it would make much more sense if I were an NFL fan to pay the NFL directly. If I'm an HBO fan to pay for an HBO subscription directly. And so we're getting at here is we're walking away from the, uh, the, uh, you know, you pay for an entire package, which effectively subsidizes some things you'll never watch. Like I'm never going to watch Nickelodeon. I'm just not. I mean, maybe when I have kids, but I'm not, not now. Yeah. What about this? Do you think, it's possible in five years that you're actually paying more for content than you would through the cable company, but you're paying it directly to these content providers. So it's you know it's ten dollars a month for HBO, it's five dollars for ESPN, da, 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 you know twenty of those, and all of a sudden you're back spending a hundred dollars a month. So I, I mean, wonder if it's possible that you at some point are spending as much as you were with cable, but you're spending it only on the content you want. I think that's very likely. The only thing that would change that is if the distribution technology had a radically cheaper cost. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I think it is somewhat cheaper uh, to do things on a packet-switched network than it is to string copper everywhere. But at the end of the day, a lot of that copper is being used to deliver the internet. That's so right. the strength will still be there in the cable company's favor. But I, I think it also is very likely that you your out-of-pocket won't be substantively different. Now, for me, it, it does depend because back when I – so what I did, I, I cut cable back in the day. So I had cable and then I realized, hey, you know, I'm watching like four things and that's it, like four programs a week or something. So I said, all right, what I'm going to do is – 
I'm going to kill cable. I'll go on to over the air to get any live anything that I wanted, which pretty much meant nothing. And then I'm going, now I have, you know, I think I was paying 80 bucks or 89 bucks. So now I have $89 allowance to buy shows on the Apple TV or whatever it is Mm -hmm. on any other thing. I ended up spending about 20 bucks a month in terms of, you know, when you net netted it all out. Cause what I started doing is just buying entire seasons and kind of catching up on things and, and whatever. But at the end of the day, I didn't have enough time to put $90 worth of watching in in a month. And I think that point right there is the big one. Yeah. Is that if you, if you are somebody who watches two hours of TV a night, then cable is absolutely the way to go. Yeah. There's no question because you get, you know, if you're somebody that sits in front of the TV when you get home from work and just veggies out all night and that's your thing, then I think cable is probably a great deal. Yeah. It might but be, I'm, but I I'm looking. I I had the, I, I'm doing the same math you did, and I'm doing. You know, yeah. So you have the hundred dollar cable bill. You have Netflix, Hulu, and then you have pay per view on top of that. You've got you know stuff that's not on pay per view, but that's on iTunes, yeah. and so you've got money. You know, you're spending money there, and all of a sudden, you're spending a lot of dang money, and you're probably, you know, if we if our house watches five hours of TV a week, that would be a lot. It's a lot, yeah. And so I'm, it's just, it, the math just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I suppose it depends. Um, you know, we'll see. I, I don't know what the trends are like. It'd be very interesting to get some real data behind the trends and see what on average, what people watch. I know it's a lot more than what I watch, but I think I'm a, a little bit of an atypical user because most of my waking hours, I'm staring at a computer screen or some kind of a screen. And, and that to me is much, it's much more interesting to write a note app and, and do something than it is to catch up on the drama of the real housewives or something. Uh, I just don't care. <laughs> I know I get, you, I know secretly you're a, you're a big fan of the real housewives of Atlanta. Keep that, keep that, keep that quiet, please. I'm trying to, yeah. Uh, okay. It's gotta, you gotta let it go. You gotta, I guess you gotta let it go. That's right. You gotta, it's, this is part of your therapy. You've got to admit it. That's true. That's a good point. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it's the, you, if you start looking at it as a, as a per per unit of time allocation, then if uh, if I'm able to you know watch some episode, watch some movie on iTunes and spend four dollars for it, and that's really that's probably what I watch for the week or pretty close to it. You know, it's just that's easy money for me to spend if I'm not spending the hundred bucks on cable that I rarely ever even flip on. Like I don't have the heartburn about it because it's so, oh, yeah, it's like found money. Like you were talking about it's found money. Well, so then let me, let me ask you this in a, in a, in the reality of the world where, where we run all these things out to their extreme and people are consuming a 10th of what they used to, what does that do to the entertainment industry? So let's say HBO goes to a direct model and you, 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 pay for a subscription to HBO directly and then spending to the, I don't know, the, the Nickelodeon or whatever channel I don't care about the golf channel, maybe 
once those the spending to that just dries up, what happens? Do we do we have a little bit more of a monoculture in terms of uh, what content gets funded and what content makes it to the screen? I mean, I don't think so. I think it. I think it. What happens is it probably changes form. I think for the Golf Channel, maybe the Golf Channel. It's, golf Channel is probably a popular one, but let's say Nickelodeon, maybe they move online and you watch, you know, you watch via your, your, your uh, iPad airplay device instead of, instead of cable and yeah. you pay, you pay, you know, so on, on, on air, on airplay right now, you can get a major league baseball subscription. You can get an NHL subscription. Yeah. You know, you can do that. And so maybe these things take, maybe there's a kids channels subscription on airplay and it's Nickelodeon plus, you know, boomerang and maybe these companies come together and federate and, uh, and it starts to take the shape of, you know, here's our package of channels. Maybe they package it up and the cable companies are sort of out of the mix, but they're doing it on their own. Yeah. But I, I, I still worry about the funding stream to the, uh, the content creators. It seems like it will be constrained if, if what you're saying is correct. Um, you know, maybe maybe just the things that get funded will be pared down a bit. I mean, we've been in an industry uh, for the last few years, five years or so, where they're shooting, you know, ER, big TV shows with DSLR cameras that, that cost, oh, I don't know, 5000 not, not much. Uh, and then they're editing on, uh, you know, on laptops and, and, you know, Final Cut on, on iMacs and stuff that, that are a tenth the price of what the sort of the nonlinear editing suite used to cost. So there, the, the cost of production has gone way down. And now it seems the, you know, there, the, so that opens up a bit of the long tail there for all of those kinds of shows to, to suddenly have a, uh, you know, an audience. Right. Um, isn't it? Isn't there a good analog in the music business where it used to be that radio was the channel of distribution and the big labels held all of you know they held the hammer and they decided what content made it made it over the air and they decided which artists you listened to and of course we know now that you know Spotify, iTunes, you can listen to any music ever made you know, at the click of a button. And I think what that's done, so I heard this stat this week that was staggering. And the, and the stat was this, it, the comparison was, what does it take for a musician to make minimum wage based yeah. solely on the sales of their music? And, the, and it was something like, I don't remember all of the stats, but they went through how many CDs they sell uh, versus plays on YouTube versus plays on the radio. And the most staggering one was that it takes 4 million plays on Spotify for a, for a musician to make minimum wage in the course of a month. Wow. And so the, I, think, I, I think we have the equivalent thing getting ready to happen with TV or with Video content is probably the better way to say that. With video content, where you're going, the market is going to be severely disrupted, wherein you've got a lot of people in the marketplace making really good stuff, but they're going to struggle to make a living. Yeah, and I think that, and it's going to have to reinvent itself around uh, whether it's live events or you know live programming. I don't know what form it takes, but it seems to me that we're headed down a similar path. With video content, because it's 
you know, at a, at one point it was expensive to make music. It was expensive to distribute it. Yeah. Neither one of those things are true anymore. Anybody can make music, record it on their computer, and put it out there for the world to listen to. Yeah. And I think the same thing's going to be happening in video. And so if that's true, then you maybe you have a Spotify equivalent for video content mm-hmm. where I'm I'm paying a monthly thing and I can pick from the five million TV channels there are instead of the five hundred. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so you're you're open to there being a long tail there, uh, largely funded by the fact that it's so much cheaper to uh, create content these days, or or to create and publish content these these days. Right. And I don't know. I've been thinking a lot about this. I don't know that it's better. You can you can argue the point that Spotify and these things are better or worse for music. Yeah, I think, I think it's, they're different. I think it's I think it's better in the sense that I, as the consumer. Uh, you know, can listen to anything I want. Yeah. Uh, but there, I think we've also paid a bit of a price in terms of, you know, just distraction and not distraction, but just the number of things you can listen to in a day. You don't really have the kind of loyalty that you did to a musician uh, back before it was possible to listen to everything. Yeah. And so you kind of just skim across the surface of 50 bands in a day if you've got a playlist happening and you may or may not care who they are you just like the song yeah and you know the same is not true of tv tv you have to watch or or video you have to watch unlike music which can just be on in the background yeah but uh, i don't know if it's better or worse where we're headed but i do know i do think that the thing has to tip over and be severely disrupted because it just that's just how these things go. Well, it can't keep on. I mean, you no. know, yeah, there, there is an ultimate life to this. Uh, and given the, given the trend of eyeballs disappearing from, from cable. Uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, and, and I think the most dangerous thing for the uh, cable companies uh, are, is our example 25-year-old uh, user who just never got cable to begin with because it was just way too expensive and they learned how to consume entertainment through other channels that, uh, you know, are possibly more efficient. And Um, the other thing we haven't talked about at all is the whole piracy thing. I mean, that 20, that 25 year old kid who never has cable is probably downloading shows from who knows where and watching them for free. Yeah. Well, I I think they're, they're mostly watching Hulu and they're, they're watching, you know, YouTube and things like that. They're not really, I don't think the whole piracy thing is as big of a problem as we all imagined it might be. If you have a way to consume the content while paying via ads, via, you know, ad impressions, then I think they're, they're fine with it. I mean, it, it, I, I don't think kids are watching as many movies as we did. No, I don't think kids are watching not. as much TV. It's mostly it's more. There's more avenues there. There's web series and there's you know stuff on YouTube. Matter of fact, kids don't listen to music. They play YouTube videos and don't watch them. They only that's listen right. to the the audio. That's um, right. Right. And, and the that's other thing is the, that ki- that's taken the place of it of TV is kids are just on the computer at night right. instead of you know sitting in front of the TV. So yeah. they may they may not be any more productive. But uh, in some cases, but there's, but it's just they're consuming a different kind of media a different way. It's yeah, not they that are. that time is being yeah. recaptured necessarily. Yep. So 
to wind this up, I'd like to thank our, our sponsor for the show, uh, Knife the Cord, knifethecord.com. Uh, so these guys, these guys think a lot the way we do. Um, and uh, you should definitely go check it out and, and sign up. They're, they're, uh, there's this secret uh, sort of underground project uh, that you can, can kind of sign up for and hear about when that starts up. But uh, our good friends there uh, have sponsored the show, and uh, we thank them for it. Yeah, I would like to encourage everybody to take a serious look at being a part of breaking this thing up. And, you know, we finally got I finally got to the point where I was sick of it. You got you need to take a serious look at the money you're spending for the value that you get and be a part of breaking this monopoly up and figuring out a better way to get content. Yeah, agreed. Well, that's about all the time we have for this show. Uh, We will see you back here in two weeks for another episode of 353rd.